Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, continuing yep. some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Oh, Great blue You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Um, 
them. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard it's hard to choose. Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. Alright, alright, alright. You gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. <clears throat> Excuse me. Shalom, 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 shalom. Uh, you reached another episode of Sword of Truth Presents Bible Talk. My name is Mishaba. I am one of the teachers of this Sword of Truth. Uh, you reached Bible Talk. Uh, I am tired, y'all. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Forgive me. Um, the Welcome, as I get my thoughts back together. Good Lord, good Lord, good Lord, good Lord. Um, let me just start all over again. Shalom, 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 shalom. Welcome to another episode of Bible Talk, all right? Um, you have reached uh, Mashallah. Um, usually, we do. I do a class in the morning, but uh, I recently had to get back on the plantation. Um, besides that, apparently, my job for the most high is not enough, so... Uh, I'm having to join the workforce like like so many other brothers and so many other uh, priests are doing, um, which is, you know, I'm not trying to complain about it, but that's where I'm at. So I have to come back now and, and try to juggle and balance, um, make, make sure I get the the true work of what the most I once done as far as the teaching is accomplished, uh, but as well as um, uh, other work. All right. I will say like that as well as other work. Um Cool. This is where we at. This is where we at. This is where we at. Um, as you know, Bible Talk is presented Monday through. We try to do it Monday through Thursday, and we try to do it from ten, 10 in the morning to about twelve noon, unless we have times like this. Where, as, as you might know now, even the brother Tazapa, who usually broadcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we, we one reason we were trying to do the the morning shows. Let me, let me let me get that out there right now. Also, we were trying to keep our shows, our classes in the morning. So as not to compete or or to uh, interfere with any other classes being taught by any of the schools that we're affiliated with, whether it be the Stream of Wisdom uh, out of Houston, out of Norfolk, or out of uh, Rochester, or the Sport of Truth located here in San Antonio, we wanted to leave the night those night classes for um for those for those schools, all right? So there wouldn't be a, a sense of competition. Uh, or, or a sense of have people having to prove their loyalty. Either you, you listen to this or you, or you listen to that. That that is not what uh, since start, but we started Bible Talk back in 2010. It was never about trying to be in a, in a competition. And for those who know me, um, you know I'm a weak person anyway. I'm a really weak-minded person. Uh, I really don't like confrontation. I, I'm, I'm really that's not really where that's just not my thing. I really do not like confrontation. So. Um, the idea that it's just about now we're going to compete and and uh, I got to show and prove that I'm stronger, bigger, wiser uh, than you. I've, I've, that's not never been my my profile. That's just not me. All right. For those who who might know me just a little bit, that's not really not me. So we were trying to do the the, the blog talks so as not to compete uh, or even give 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 a, a hint of any type of competition um, uh, against any other teachings or anybody else. Uh, just trying to trying to provide. A platform, and one platform that we had seen was in the mornings, like on a, the morning drive uh, to work, or just the, the morning platforms that we could present uh, present something that. Whereas there's the night classes were definitely going to be there, 
But now you had another format where you can come in in the mornings and just be surrounded with, with scripture. You can start your day with scriptures. You can start your, your, your day, whether you're at work or you're on the ride to work in the mornings, um, listen to class. And uh, being that we were affiliated with uh, more closely with the Sport of Truth here in San Antonio or with uh, other schools in Houston, that now um, you can give your minds to whether it was uh, before, before the mall opened up, you, you can have something to get your mind give your mind over to as far as scriptures, as far as class, as far as something just, you know, uh, get ready for, to, for the day, to get ready for, for what was going on, be happening throughout the day. Um, as we get to Albuquerque, um, when we try to adjust the schedule for the families in Albuquerque, because of their work schedules um, and the evenings were not convenient for them, you know, we, we, we that's when we really adjusted blog talk to really be in the mornings so that uh, uh, the, the family the families that were in Albuquerque, they can get the, the most access to class, the most access to scriptures as possible. Um, so, again, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, man's goings are of the Lord. How then can man understand his own way? So we try to do, I've been trying to keep the shows in the morning, the classes in the morning. But because of whatever situations are happening, um, they, they have to get adjusted. They have to get adjusted. So uh, apologies for that. Um, this really is, I, I can't stress it enough. We're not trying to compete or, or, or have a person test their loyalty or any such madness or, 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 or contention or strife like this world will promote. That is not where we're coming from. It's not so that now whatever you might hear on blog talk from myself, from uh, the brother Tazza Pav, brother Balabat, that now it's about you going back and now challenging your teachers, challenging um, uh, other, other teachers or, or other administrations or other offices. It's really not for that purpose, y'all. It's really not that, that we, we don't want to be political. All right? That is the one thing that I, I, I really do not want, like, or appreciate. It's not about being political, that either you listen to us or else, you listen to me or else. And I did come from an era in, in Israel. I came from an era in, in, my, in my time in this, in this truth where that, that mentality was pushed very heavy. If you weren't doing the exact same thing as what this school is doing or what this campus is doing or what this teacher is doing, you're not in the truth. You're not in the work. You're not recognized. Um, uh, you're still Satan. I mean, even though you, you stopped doing all the Christmas holiday, the Christian holidays, even though um, um, uh, you, you now are following the Bible, then now because you're not doing the doing things the exact same way as the leadership, you're off. You're wrong. You're you're uh, um, you're you know the, the terms we used back then would be two thirds. That we know from the scriptures it says that two thirds of our people are not going to make it. They're not going to survive um, Armageddon. Right? Two thirds of Israel, as according to the scriptures, is not going to survive Armageddon. But a third part is going to make it through the fire. It's going to make it through the through the destruction of Babylon the Great. Um, so the, the, the term, you know, it, we as, as Israelites, we as, as, a, as a people, period, we're good for slang. We're good for using slang words. And, 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 and you know, that's the culture. That's who we are. Um, so the, the, the name that was given, the nickname that was given is the two-thirds, all right, that if a person is not following the truth, a person is not following us, uh, they were given that title and that moniker of being two-thirds, all right? And part of that mentality and that psychology, brothers and sisters, came from just the walk, walks – Take the steps back just a little bit, all right? Let's, let's backtrack uh, just a little bit. When I came in, I came in 1988. Right? I came in the truth at the end of 1988, coming into 1989. Um, this identity, this knowledge of, of Israelites, this knowledge of Christ being black, 
it was not common. All right? It was far from being common. It was it was very, very, very taboo to even suggest that Jesus Christ might be black, the people of the Bible might be black, and that the Jews, uh, the chosen people, the, and that the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and so-called Mexicans, that we are the people of the book, we are the 12 tribes of Israel, we are the Israelites. That was such a profound and deadly thing. And yes, there's, there has been death um, of people teaching these things, teaching these facts, these, these, and bringing out the Bible history, bringing out the Bible facts um, to back these statements up, that there's, there has been death. There's been death threats. There's been death. So to come out in, in the 80s, and going back even to, to my elders, my teachers, that they first started teaching this in the 70s in the, the streets of New York City um, on, on Broadway, Times Square. Uh, Broadway, um, uh, to bring out the notion, again, that, and using the Bible, that Jesus Christ, the Savior, is a so-called black man, the Jews are black, and then to go and bring out archaeology, in archaeology books, icon books that have been, um, that only you can only get at museums, you can only get at, at um, uh, uh, museums, um, there was a place on, uh, that was rather called Strands, um, antique bookstores that, that where this knowledge is locked away. Um, the the, the um, New York City Library, the Library of Congress, that there's certain book in the Vatican, that there's certain information that was just locked away that the common person was not able to get, get a hold of. And to bring these, these, these facts out and to bring out these histories and bring out these, 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 these um, uh, histories and to match it with the Bible. I mean, it was it was so brand new and so astonishing. Um, there were a, there was a lot there was violence committed against a lot a lot of my teachers uh, for just bringing out the Bible, right? For just teaching the Bible, um, a lot of violence. All right, there was a lot of violence just bringing this out. So coming fast forward now to, from the seventies to uh, through the, through the eighties to bring this knowledge out, it was challenging every religious code background theology um, that was available at the time. Um, and now we would have challenged, challenged these things from, from so-called Christianity, whether it's challenging Protestantism, challenging um, 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 uh, Catholicism, if it was challenging uh, uh, even some of the culture movements at the time, if it was challenging hip-hop, challenging the 5% nation, challenging um, uh, the Muslims, challenging the, uh, um, uh, the Zulu nation, uh, challenging, uh, you know, just black power, black Black excellence, um, uh, challenging the Greeks, the, the, the idea of the Greeks the, um, uh, from, from universities uh, for those who joined uh, sororities, those who joined fraternities, and now just to stand on the Bible and to bring out things that, that people who never, they've never read the Bible, had a lot of Bible stories, had heard a lot of, heard about the Bible characters, but coming from uh, people who are, at the time, 400 years in oppression, well, uh, right around 350 years of oppression, 350 years of illiteracy, 350 years of, of forced um, labor, of forced education, of forced um, uh, thought processes, to be able to come back now and have men of color, so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitian, Dominicans, Cubans, so, uh, so-called uh, North American Indians, to be able to come out and actually bring out books um, and 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 read the scriptures. Of what the Bible actually says, it I mean it it, it it challenges the status quo, and you only imagine how much more challenged things back then 
as opposed to today where where people it is kind of more generally accepted yeah well because of the region that Christ grew up in being there in the Middle East that yeah people of of, of that climate shouldn't have more of a swarthy uh, skin tone they shouldn't have more of a dark they can be more dark not way you'll say black but they it, it can be reason that they can be dark skin uh, it can be reason that they are um, they had a, a darker hue or what have you and um and but you know before we get to even get to that. Uh, you know, the common mentality of people be, um, does color really matter? Uh, I think I think all that matters is that if you love God, if you love Jesus, that, that that's what really matters, that God is love. So we should really want to focus on love than focus on color or focus on any of these type of things. Um, and just totally abandoning uh, the verse of St. John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a spirit. And those that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. All right, that um, and that's who God's looking to worship Him. Those who are going to worship Him in truth, and what is the truth? God's word. That, that we're going to worship God the way God wants to be worshipped in the Bible. So to have these type of things coming out, um, and to bring out these type of facts, and to bring up these type of uh, the histories of, of with, with the hours upon hours upon hours um, spent to bring out this information, to to get the archaeology, to get the the um, making photocopies of, of, of books because the books were not allowed to be taken out of libraries um, and, and, and getting this information and being able to bring it out and share it and teach it. I mean, the, a very daunting task, all right, that, that this, this knowledge has been hid um, and then be able to be able to talk to other nationalities as they come to the Americas uh, with New York City being, I mean, the great melting pot. It's New York City. Um, and being able to talk to immigrants and talk to tourists from other nations as they come to America and, and, and being told by them that it was told to them not to let the Negroes in America know who, know who they are. That it's not just, it's not just the thing that um, um, among the rest of the world outside of America, the, they have access and they see in common um, the icons that, that, that our forefathers left of themselves in, uh, in Europe, um, all throughout the Middle East. Dark skin, obviously black people. Uh, with afros, with braids, um, with locks, that you, it's very obvious who, who they are, uh, but that it was a condition that when when tourists or, or immigrants came to the Americas, not to let the Negroes or the Native Americans know that we're the Israelites. That is common common knowledge throughout the rest of the world, right? Common knowledge, but it can't, had to be kept secret from us, and uh, that's when you go to the, the 83rd Psalms, um, of making sure that the nation of Israel would not know that we are the Israelites, that the nation of Israel that we, the name of Israel will be no more remembered amongst us. That's why we, it's so easy for us to become, um, uh, you know, go to college, go to university, um, and, be, and become a Greek, become a, a fraternity, become a, a, soror- a sorority, um, to join um, a labor union, whether it's the electrician labor union, um, a carpenter's labor union, um, uh, the uh, uh, steel workers labor union, and that, that's, that's how you and I identify yourself as, as, as these things. Um, it'd be easy for us not to identify ourselves or, or more readily to be uh, to identify with being a Mason, uh, uh, being a, um, uh, I forget their names right now. It's not really important, but that all these different identities would, would be, be given to us and, uh, to keep the truth, the fact of we are the Israelites. Long story short, brothers and sisters, um, so... If you can imagine, if I'm able to face enough of the picture that 
from all the lies that have been taught and sown and planted and, and branded into for generations uh, in, our, in not only like our parents, um, our parents' parents, our, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our great-great-great-grandparents, that um, uh, the lies that have been pushed from generation to generation to now come to a point where we're not able to actually read the Bible um, and, you know, and to challenge people's uh, uh, intellect, to challenge the reading comprehension that do you know more Bible songs than you know scriptures? If so, then there's a problem. Then you don't know God. Um, do you know, uh, you know, come up in, in, in uh, coming up in the nineties, uh, with, with a Biggie Smalls, the 10 crack commandments, um, or uh, another example that we would use is, uh, how many, how many of our people among so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, how many of us can name all of Santa's reindeer, but can't name the 10 commandments? How many of us can name all of Santa's reindeer, but can't name the names of the, of the 12 disciples? But have been fed this lie, this lie, this notion that we know God, right? That yeah, I, I know God, but I've never read the Bible. And then to know that the Bibles that we that had, we did have available to us, would normally just be the New Testament, right? That they 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 hand out Bibles, all right? And it would just be the New Testament, and they might have at the very uh, back of it um, in a little pocket handbook, a pocket Bible you had. They might have Psalms and Proverbs. Um, but it would to get the access to the history, to the prophecies, to the um, and actually read what the book said, read what the Bible says, actually read the Word of God, and I just get caught into some emotional um, woman um, uh, who's in church who has a high pitched voice, make the hairs on the back of your head stand up. That because she was able to do this, that that must be a good omen that now God is here. Um, no, that to challenge these things, and now let's read, let's study. Let's see what the book actually says, but that the, the brainwashing that has been taking place over our people has been so thorough and, and so, so um, deliberate that now you have a lot of our people, as the book would be open to them, and we can actually now read what the Bible says, actually read the history and put, put the prophecies together with the history, and now actually reading the book that a lot of people will reject, that, that the brainwashing and the, and the brain programming that, that um, we've been subjected to for generations, that it would, that would over, overwhelm, that would overcome, um, that a person, it'd be, it'd be too easy, that it's too hard. I can't see how we can do this. They're also used to just being like, like, like the scripture says, um, our people are like cattle. They were like sheep led to the slaughter. They would just follow the crowd, all right? And that's why a lot of people, whatever church they went to, most times, the reason they went to the, attended that church or that mosque or, or, or that event is because everybody else was doing it. And if everybody else is doing it, then that, that must mean it's okay. And that, that's the whole mentality. That's a slave mentality. That, well, if everybody else is doing it, then I must be safe just following the crowd. All right? that I, want, I don't want to be that outsider. I don't want to be that one who's uh, rocking the boat. I don't, don't want to be that one who, 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 who's causing that, that kind of, of, of controversy. That I want to make sure I'm just going uh, – uh, going along to get along. Um, they did not come back out and, and be, you know, dressed in our garments um, uh, with the leather fringe on the pants, to, for men to wear our beards, um, for men to, to dress very masculine, um, uh, to, to effect change. That now we're actually reading the Bible that, that for all the family traditions, they're all evil, from birthdays to, to anniversaries to, to, to Especially, um, you know, what we've been so programmed with 
the Thanksgivings, the family reunions, the, um, uh, uh, the, the Christmas celebrations, the, the, the Valentine's Days, that to find out and get all the history of the origins of these, these, these pagan festivals, these pagan worships, they're against God. So, we, so now go and, and now bring this information out, and it goes against the whole family. It goes against the whole family um, uh, from the lies that they've been taught and been standing on for generations. That for a lot of people, it becomes overwhelming. So, and like Christ said, I, to love father or mother or my family more than I love God is evident that in order to make sure that my family is at peace, I'm not going to do this Hebrew Israelite thing. All right, to make sure that, that they accept me and I'm accepted by my family. And because there's so few people doing this Israelite thing, I'm going to go and keep, I'm going to go back to those things. I'm going to go back to those ways. I'm going to go back to what I know. That there's a lot of that, brothers and sisters. A lot of that was taking place. Um, so mentality did get developed that if you're not doing this work and, and the work as far as out here trying to wake up the house, the children of Israel uh, to our nationality, um, wake up to uh, being on the streets uh, and, and street speaking um, and teaching that the so-called Negroes in America, we are the real Jews. We're the Jews of the Bible. That that's the truth of our nationality, our biblical identity, our biblical origins, um, and that America is, is going to fall. That this is Babylon the Great. That this is spiritual Egypt, and that um, the policies, the politics, the government, the way things ran and done here in America, God is against. And that it's time for our people to wake up. That we are the Israelites, and the only reason that we're here is because we are the descendants of those people that Moses led through the Red Sea. That was literally our foreparents, not on, on, a, on a theological tip, not on a religious tip, but, but on a genealogical tip, on a DNA tip that we literally are the descendants, the ancestors of those people that walked through the Red Sea, that saw the, the, the walls of water on either side of us. Um, and as we got through the Red Sea, seeing that the Red Sea collapsed upon our enemies, the dark Egyptians, that that was literally us. And that we made a covenant with God and in making a covenant that um, we would obey his voice and his voice only and not follow any other, any other God or any other influences. And in so doing, he would be our God and we would be his people. That the, the Israelites established that covenant with God, but upon breaking the covenant with God, not God breaking his word, but upon the Israelites breaking their word, there'd be consequences. There'd be, there'd be consequences or curses um, that would befall the Israelites for our disobedience, for our, our disloyalty, for our, um, um, our hatred of God and the choosing of the ways of the world, that there be certain consequences. And, and the, as a result, that's what brought us here to the Americas, kicked out of the promised land, and, and, and um, not knowing our identity, not knowing that we are the Israelites, and why slavery did happen, why colonization did happen. Um, why the brutalities and the atrocities, uh, the, the racism that we've been having to face here in the Americas and throughout the world is because we are the people of God. We are the people of the book. We are the children of Israel. Um, so to have all this now at our fingertips and to have people choose now, even after being in come to class for, for, for months, weeks, even years, um, having the Bible evidently open up, I mean, clearly, plainly. Uh, then, with the, not only the Bible being opened up, but the historical facts, the historical archaeology that, that came out, backing up and proving the points of the Bible through prophecy and matching with history, that a lot of people are like, nope, 
I'm still, I'm going back. Uh, it's causing just too much problems between me and my mom, me and my dad, uh, me and my family. And yeah, maybe this isn't a cult. Uh, may, maybe this is wrong. Um, that will, you know, there's not so, there's not a lot of y'all that believe the way y'all believe that, that um, it just seems wrong. It just seems wrong. So to develop a, 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 a mental toughness to deal with that, um, a mentality was developed. If you're not doing what we're doing, then you're not in the truth. And you can see that, that, that residue of that mentality with a lot of the camps you might check out on, whether it's YouTube, whether you check them out on their own websites now or own apps or what have you, that there's a general like underlying uh, um, pulse that, that goes around that if you're not in our group doing things our way and seeing things our way, then there's, you're off. There's something wrong. Um, that this is only for the few and for the proud. And if you're not doing it the exact same way we're doing it, um, you can be called into question. Your loyalty can be called into question. Your, um, uh, your belief in the Bible, belief in God can be called into question. How dare you challenge the authority? How dare you challenge the status quo? How dare you challenge us uh, will be the mentality. So if you're not following us, then yes, you're part of the two-thirds. That mentality by the has definitely been um, observed, pushed, and watered. And, I, and I've been in all three uh, sections of that. I've promoted that. I've pushed that. I've watered that mentality. Um, but I'm at a point now where uh, when you see how far and understand where Israelites have been scattered through the four corners, as you look at brothers like or families from like IUIC, uh, all the traveling they're doing uh, up and down Africa, uh, finding Israelites, all the traveling they're doing up and down um, uh, Central and South America, as well as ISUPK, as well as GOCC, as well as GMS, and how many other Israel uh, um, acronyms are out there uh, that are not on YouTube, not on any type of uh, platform or social media, but are out here teaching, the, teaching where the, who the Israelites are. Uh, to the four corners of the earth, which matches the prophecies that were also given of what was going to happen to the Israelites. That just to believe that that only one group has the truth. At one time, I did stand on that. At one time, I was ten toes ten toes down with that mentality because it was only us coming out of one west. And if you understood the size of one west, it, it sounds like when you just hear the words and you see the the the, the energy. Um, when brothers talk about one West, uh, that that either energy of, of, of elation, or even or or, or uh, energies of of despising, there's a lot of energy just to hear one West, uh, 125th Street, one West 125th Street, but this one West 125th Street was an office space, literally it was an office space, um, and being in New York City, it wasn't huge, it was not huge, it was a room, um. Probably about maybe a, about the size of a garage. One West 125th Street was probably about the size of a two-car garage that had some of the greatest teachers and greatest minds and some of the greatest knowledge to, to, that God has ever presented come out of that spot. It was not. Uh, it was not a cathedral. It was not like a Brigham Young University type of thing. It was not um, a, a, a UCLA type of, 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 of size of establishment. 
It was not the size of a Cambridge or of a um, Oxford. It was not the size of Buckingham Palace over there in Europe. It was an office space about the size of a two-car garage that that, that had folding chairs packed in there. Um, and you had to, if you want to get get the knowledge, you you, you squoze your butt up in there. Grown ass men squoze themselves up in there um, with, with whatever notebooks they can get, whatever uh, little hand tip recorders they can get uh, to get this knowledge, to get this inf- information that was being shared, that was being shared. And if you weren't a part of that movement, that was in its baby stages. Um, that at one west 125th Street, believe it or not, brother, you can look now, especially on YouTube now, and in these days of, of, of social media and stuff. And you can see where the the big production, um, um, big productions of, of Passovers, big productions of Hanukkah, big productions of the High Holidays found in the Bible, um, are taking place with with people uh, attendance within each camp within a school uh, could be within the hundreds if not the thousands. Um, but back then, throughout the seventies and into the early early eighties, going all the way up to the nineties, damn near. Passover could be held in that the space of what would be about a two-car garage. I'm talking brothers with their wives, with their children. They literally have Passover in that office space. To go from those humble beginnings, and remember, and that's nothing to, to, to mock at or what have you. Remember, Christ said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is the smallest among all herbs, but it grows, and once that seed that that seed takes takes root, and it, that tree grows, that look what it provides for everybody. But look how it started, how small it started. So to understand, one West started in a, in a, in an office space that was about the size of a two car garage. It was about that size. Um, to the 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 schools that had been open, uh, I mean across the world, across the world, let alone across America. Um, if you're not a part of this movement, when we back then in this early, early, is earlier stage, earlier stages, yeah, the mentality would be: if you're not with us, you're not in the truth. Um, uh, to disdain you, to um, uh, again, the word that we did use: you're part of two thirds. All right, you're part of the two thirds. That you're a waste of time. You're a distraction. That if you don't want to, don't want to hear God's word, and, and and Christ did say, don't catch your pearls before swine. That there's so many people, as we look at the history of the Israelites, they did not want to leave Egypt. At first, they were crying because of the rigors and the slavery and the oppression they had in Egypt. But then after being um, led out of Egypt, the great escape from Egypt, the Exodus, uh, during the time of the Passover, to get in the wilderness and have nothing but complaints. Have nothing but complaints, have nothing but backbiting, have nothing but murmuring about why your condition sucks and why it's better for the mentality for us to go back to Egypt. Go back to what I know. At least there, we 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 knew God loved us. It seems that we we were back here. They'd be out here in the wilderness and I just go by God's word. Had to submit to what God says. Had to do things His way, not our own way. God, you hate us. God, you can't stand us. Uh, we know you destroyed the Egyptians, the greatest empire on the t- at the time on the planet Earth. Uh, you jo- destroyed their army, and what them they they were the strongest military army. On the planet Earth, which would be equivalent to, I, I guess, Russia today or America today or China today, that they, they, they are the top dogs with the top military um, uh, um, technology. That the Lord destroyed that. The Lord destroyed that 
for the Israelite sake, but we had a mentality of, uh, if you really love me, God, then you would have did this, or you would have made sure I had this, or you, 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 you know how I grew up in Egypt. So, God, why would you not make sure that me coming to the wilderness, I would have some things that I'm used to. I would have some keepsakes that I'm used to. Why would you, why would you want me to get rid of those things, God? You know where I came from. God, it's kind of your fault that, that you're expecting me to change when you knew who I was. God, if, if you really didn't, I mean, God, you knew who I was. So ain't it kind of your fault, God, that you picked me? And then now you're not happy with who I am. So, God, uh, I, I know it might sound cliche, but, uh, God, forget you and the horse you rode in that um, if you don't accept me for the way I am, um, God, maybe you need to look more into yourself. That maybe you're the one with the problem, because all I can do and, and it, it, all I can do is be truthful. All I can do is be truthful. All I can do is tell you how I feel. Um, yeah, I know it, it sounds very narcissistic, God, um, that I'm so self-absorbed into how I see things, and I'm so self-absorbed into my own opinion. Um, and I, was, I have I lack empathy. I have no way of putting myself in other people's shoes. <coughs> That all I know how to do is think about me and how I feel, uh, what I'm going through, and that the only people I'm going to make time for is the people who see things my way. Uh, beyond that, God, um, maybe you should have did a, a, a better choice of picking somebody. If you're all powerful, God, if you're all omnipotent and, and know everything, God, then you know my heart. How many times do I tell you, God, you know my heart? Um You've never heard me say, I know your heart, God. You never heard me say that. So, no, I've, I've, I, if you notice, God, I'm not taking the time to find out how you like things. You're supposed to be finding out how I like things. And you're supposed to be adjusting. Remember, God, you came and got me out of Egypt. So, obviously, God, you knew who I am. I didn't know you. So, God, uh, you know, you seem to get mad and angry and, and or what have you. Um God, maybe you need to check yourself, Mr. All-Powerful, Mr. All-Knowing, that, that somehow, God, this is on you, you know, and, and again, to have that mentality, all we got to go back and do is read Genesis chapter 4 or chapter 3. Remember how being in the garden, Adam, Eve, and the serpent came in the, 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 the cool of the day? God was calling for Adam. Adam wasn't there. Adam, where are, you? where are you? Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree I told you not to eat of? And from, from Adam, at that point, he passed the buck to who? To Eve. Eve. Then did what? Passed the buck to Satan, to the serpent. And since there was no one else to pass the buck to, God started the serpent, came back up to Eve, went back to Adam. Got us kicked out of paradise. But that passing the buck, not taking accountability. Extreme narcissistic behavior. My fault. And let me find a way to manipulate this to where God, maybe you can see it's really on you. Because remember what Adam said? <laughs> I don't want to go there because I'm already on my soapbox a little bit too long. But remember what Adam said? Yeah, the woman you gave me. Remember, God, I was out here fine by myself. I was out here by myself just, you know, Finding animals, naming animals. You had me on different adventures. I was at. I was last week. I was up in the mountains finding animals. Um, uh, a month before that, I was down in, in the um, uh, at the ocean, at the beach. 
Um, I was in uh, a year a year ago. I was I was in the in the rainforest, uh, naming animals like he told me to do. And then you said here you put you you know you put me to sleep and brought this woman, the woman you brought God, that made me not obey your voice, God. You know, and that's definitely been our mentality. That that, that is definitely the, the mentality of it's like men, women, and children. It's not my fault. It's not my fault, God. And God, once you realize that is, that you have a lot to do with this, God, maybe you'll see that you are the problem, not me. That is somebody who has extreme narcissism. Will always manipulate the situation to where it's not about their accountability. They're gonna manipulate it to where it's always somebody else's accountability, where it's somebody else's fault. You know one thing you never hear a narcissist say? Well, I think that, you know, I was thinking about that. I was meditating on this. You'll never hear a narcissist say, say they're sorry. You'll never hear a narcissist say they apologize. When they do say those that word, I apologize or I'm sorry, it, it'll be with, with a real passive-aggressive, a real, I'm sorry, you don't see things the way I see things. Um, I apologize that you are so stupid or immature that that you don't see why I'm right. Like I'm sorry for your shortcomings that you don't um, have a, a maybe you're not spiritual enough you don't have the intellect uh, don't know what it is with you that I'm I'm sorry that you have a problem. That's what you have, that's the mentality a narcissist will come from. It'll never be from them having examined themselves and seen where they're wrong, that they will admit they're wrong. That they'll come and confess their faults first, what they did. It's always going to be behind um, just a narcissist. Never, As you can tell, brothers and sisters, I'm studying narcissism. <laughs> I'm studying narcissism and, and, and some of the things that a narcissist does. And if that's not the children of Israel, I, I don't know who else it could be talking about. It's not my fault. See, the reason I'm going through these curses is because what my ancestors went through. Because my ancestors didn't listen. So it's not my fault. I didn't deserve that to go through this. I didn't deserve this. I'm glad you read these scriptures so it can be seen that, like I said, because our foreparents didn't listen. Not because I didn't listen. Because they didn't listen. That's what made me have to go through what I'm going through. So it's not my fault. It's your fault. It's their fault. Uh, um. I'm just, I was just, you know, just, just, just as innocent and sweet as the driven snow. And others corrupted me. Others did this. Others influenced me the wrong way. It's their fault. You need to get on them. You need to check yourself. The mercy God has shown to the nation of Israel to sin and have his son Jesus Christ die for us. That love is amazing. That that love is uh, is is amazing. That God's gonna keep His word that He gave to His friend Abraham. Just I mean, damn. But I digress. Let me go and get, get, um, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, shout out to 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 ISUBK. Uh, I'm sorry. Shout out to uh, Sword of Truth uh, here in San Antonio. They have class every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, to the brothers of Warna Shamshuan Dawiyad and the brother Kawa Cobb. Uh, shout out to our, our school in Houston, the Stream of Wisdom, uh, to the brother Kwatazat, to the brother Makarab, um, to the brother um, uh, Shethak, the brother uh, Lashabar, and the brothers that hold it down with the sisters there in, in, um, in Houston. 
with the Stream of Wisdom Houston, Texas. Shout out to our, our to the brothers up there in Norfolk, Virginia. SOW Stream of Wisdom, Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, shout out to them, to Kazakia, to uh, Kabar, uh, and to the brothers holding it down up there. Great job. And to Rochester, the Stream of Wisdom, Rochester, with Brother Zion Allen and, and the crew he's got doing a fantastic job up there. Please keep up the good work. Y'all doing some great jobs. To our, to our, the families in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, with Aisha White Desire, the Albuquerque brothers, uh, uh, Zakar, uh, Ayal, uh, Karat Desire. Uh, um, there's so many other names, but these are just some ones that just click and hit my head right now. Uh, to, up there in Dallas, to the brother Mike Allah and to uh, the brother Kabar Kawa, uh, as they're trying to put something together. And to the 12 tribes worldwide, all right? To the 12 tribes worldwide. Uh, to the Hebrew class, to the brothers uh, with the Hebrew class uh, on Sundays, to the brother Ariar, <coughs> his wife and family, to the brother da- David, um, his family, to the brother Moshe, to the brother Devin, to the brother um, LV. Uh, Shouts out uh, uh, to y'all brothers. And again, to the 12 tribes worldwide. Father, we ask um, that you might cause your face to shine, and that you might keep, uh, and that you might uh, lift up uh, as we, uh, uh, the sister Naya uh, here in San Antonio, to the sister Ayana here in San Antonio, uh, to um, Bobby Dixon, all right, uh, to the sister uh, Sierra Leak, um, to Thalma Racha and his wife, Waradaya. To our friends, Becky, Daryl, and Carmen up there in, in the ABQ. Um, to the entire Lovett family, my in-laws. To the entire Coates family, family of our brother, Gabar Kawa. Um, to our brother, Tahawam uh, Mayam, up there in Houston. To our brother, West Beverly, Tahawam, here in San Antonio. To our brother, Tahayama, uh, up there in Albuquerque as well, to him and his mother. Um, to some special needs children, to... Um, to our brother um, Tazapa and his wife Arakaya, to their daughter um, uh, Cece, uh, to our brother Gabor Kawa, uh, to his daughter Aisha Lee, and to the daughter of our uh, of, of Banabad and Kwadashaya, to their daughter Ali um, Aliya, uh, to to my brother, to my friend, everybody's counselor, uh, the, the the everybody's uncle um, Tazapa, and to his mom uh, Ma Dukes, Miss Catherine, uh, to Miss Catherine's help. Uh, Miss Barbara, and to Miss Barbara's husband, uh, Mr. Charles, uh, to our to our brother and our friend, uh, Yenawazan, out on, on the, the the roads of Egypt right now, the roads of of, of America, uh, to the family of Gabariala, uh, out there in Florida, Gabariala with his wife Aisha, um, to Aisha's mother, uh, Ruthie Mae Johnson, to Aisha uh, Aisha and Gabar's uh, niece and nephew, to Kiante and to um, uh, to Iana. To our brother Sean Kudash and his wife uh, Mariah, and to their son Kazakia. To, again, to our brother LV uh, out there in California, his mother Pat Washington, and to his cousin Lashandra Washington. To our sister um, Quadashaya, who is the wife of our brother Badabad. Um, to our friends Sean Stark, Sylvia Khan. To our brother up there in, in Lubbock, uh, to Yama. And if anybody would like to, like to um, uh, send some alms, uh, for the brother Yama, he, he is currently locked up in Lubbock. Um, he he can use the help. Uh, so for our brother Yama, um, if you like his information, so to make sure it goes directly to him, just text me, hit me up um, in a text, and I'll get you all his information so you can put some uh, money on his books directly uh, to help him out. The brother Yama, 
uh, and to the brother Kazakabar um, um, up there in Colorado, uh, who who definitely used some help and assistance. Uh, if you like his information, please hit me up. Let me know. Uh, just help him get you know calling card. Help the two of them get some calling cards or some uh, some commissary um, for the situation they find themselves find themselves in. And to our sister uh, Anawa here in San Antonio, the wife, the daughter of our brother Gaya um, Alaba. All right. And Father, we ask that, that you do these things as we try and walk in the reputation um, of our of our brother, of our King, of our God, um, who the world calls Jesus Christ, who uh, we've been taught to call Yahweh Shai. We ask in in his in his reputation and in his character. We ask for these things to be done. And we thank you always, Ahmad. All right, brethren. All right, brothers and sisters. Um, we are going to continue on with our series known as Build Your House on the Rock. All right? Build Your House Upon the Rock. And we, this is going to be part four. All right? Build Your House Upon the Rock, part four. And it's going to be dealing with how Israel, were, how we've been without a teaching priest and without law for a long period of time. What we've covered so far in this class is if you, in building your rock, what you stand on, what you believe in, when it comes to dealing with the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when it comes to being a, uh, a believer, what is your belief? What are you standing on as your belief? Um, now, we know that the song in church, at least when, when I came up in church, uh, you know, Bible school, vacation Bible school, what have you. One of the songs, I went to a white vacation Bible school in, in Albuquerque, okay? Um, for black churches, uh, my parents wanted me to diversify. They wanted me to be very diversified. So they had me and my brother go to white churches, right? White vacation Bible schools. I'm, I'm not, not a shot at them or, or a slight at them, or, or hopefully I'm using this word now, not to gaslight them or anything like that, but just um, one of the songs that we were taught was the B I B L E. Yes, that is the book for me. I'm standing on the Word of God, the B I B L E. That we had that song in church. Um, we're very familiar with that song, especially uh, you know uh, Sunday school with, with, with the children, the children's ministry. Uh, we definitely had those songs, you know, with the puppets and and and, and the plays that would be and all that type of uh, production that would go on. The B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me. I'm standing on the Word of God, the B I B L E. We know the song, but we don't know the scriptures. All right. We definitely know the song, but do we actually know the scripture? So in building our foundation, all right, what I'm standing on, what my doctrine is, and that's going to be a, another part of the class we want to get into, not today, but when you're dealing with doctrine, what is my doctrine? Meaning, what is it I stand upon? What is, it, what is my belief standing on? Why do I believe the way I believe? Why do I worship the way I worship? If what you're doing is because you're just following the crowd, is weak. Your foundation is weak. Uh, for those who might be a little bit older, those who might be a little bit older, um, y'all remember when, when, when Kobe and Shaq were on the same team with the Lakers? If y'all remember, um, the year after, if, I, if I'm saying it correctly, if I remember correctly, was it the year after that same, one of, the, one of those years that Kobe and Shaq were still there together? Remember when Kobe had that rape case up there in Denver? Now remember that? Mess around with that? A, 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 a white uh, hotel ho- uh, hostess, for lack of a better, better description. He had sex with her. 
and it turned into a rape. It turned into a rape. Y'all remember that? Well, during that time, Kobe Bryant being a six foot six black man, um, allegedly raping this this petite white girl, he became a villain. Not just on the basketball court, but across the, he was a criminal, criminal minded, and he deserved to have the book thrown at him and thrown under the jail. Straight hated. Um, but how could this nigga sleep with this this blonde hair? And you know she got she was that typical Britney Spears looking type type of female. How could he do? It? How could he defile the the epitome of of pureness? How can he defile the epitome and use his celebrity and use his 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 status as a, as a, as a celebrity as a star to uh, mesmerize this this young innocent woman and having sex with her and then when she realized what was going on. Uh, she said, stop. And he just kept in his savagery, in his complete savagery, um, uh, destroyed this young girl's innocence. Well, that, that narrative has been painted so many times throughout the world. But if y'all remember that during that time, that, that Kobe was a villain. He was a villain. Remember at one time, O.J. Simpson was, a, was America's sweetheart. At one time, O.J. Simpson was America's sweetheart. When he, when he played for, when he played football, the, the the records that he broke, the accolades that he made, um, the, the 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 commercials he was started, they made with Hertz, uh, even some of the movies he was getting into, as far as airplane, the air, airplane franchise. That that there was a time when O.J. Simpson could do no wrong. Then he got with that white woman, and became hated. Now, why am I going through these type of scenarios? Why am I bringing these things up? Well. To go from being hated. There's a time when the majority of people love a person. But it, seasons change. Where you can go to being loved to where you can't be, I mean, they, they hate you. There's a time when, when Kevin Hart could cannot tell a bad joke. There's a time, just to mention Kevin Hart, he was going to sell out a place. Cat Williams came and just did what he did. The environment shifted. There's a time when Steve Harvey could do no wrong. It seemed like there was a time that Steve Harvey was the voice of all black people. He had, what, seven different shows going on at the same time? That Steve Harvey was the, the, the epitome of black excellence. Look at, what, what one, look at how one interview with Cat Williams with, with Shannon Sharp has disturbed the waters. Not only for Kevin Hart and, and Steve Harvey. It's funny, we, we, we were in the car traveling to, to the summit um, two weeks ago, <laughs> and we had the, the uh, XM radio on, and it was, uh, the station became came up uh, black comedians, and it, it was it was a, 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 a skit that Kevin Hart was doing, and you've heard it before, and every time you heard it before, it had it, it, it'd be funny because it, it was associated with Kevin Hart, and you can remember how how um, how he looked, how the video went with the uh, when, when you heard it and it'd be funny but we're riding in the car this time and heard this bit and it just was not funny at all and it was like man since 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 cat came out with his interview steve ain't really as as, as witty and sharp and connected to black folk and kevin hart really ain't i mean last laugh out loud bend over slap your knee 
uh, fall out on the floor, hilarious. Why am I saying all this? Things change. Brothers and sisters, things change. So if you're only following things um, and your belief is based on because there's a, a majority of people going there, it's based on those numbers, things change. Things change. All right. There was one time, I'm, I'm sure in the news, y'all might be might have heard about it, especially for me coming from Albuquerque, Albuquerque New Mexico, growing up the way I grew up, um, wrestling was a big, not, not the, the amateur wrestling, pro wrestling was huge with, with me and, and my group of friends. Um, and for when WWF, the, the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation back then, oh my goodness, huge. On USA Network? Yes. Yes. Vince McMahon Jr.? Oh, could do no wrong. Hulk Hogan, and then he, you know, teamed up with uh, uh, Mr. T and brought Mr. T into WrestleManias, or he brought Debo um, uh, Zeus to WrestleManias. That oh my goodness, come on, stop! Ultimate Warrior, WWF was 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 idolized by me and my crew. To go from from that to then change to World Wrestling uh, Entertainment. To when Vince Man started the XFL, could do no wrong. And now look at him in the news now today. Well, the sexual sexual uh, uh, charges that he's being faced with, the sexual debauchery that's coming out about this this old ass man, with him and, and several other popular um, wrestlers. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to bring these examples out. I'm not. Do, I'm doing a lot of talking and, and not letting the Bible talk. I'm bringing these examples out there. If your foundation is based on because of popularity, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. It's based on popularity, based on being a fad. I, I am going to say this. I'm. I'm. I'm happy and thankful. And you know what? That's even a better word. I am thankful. That the Most High brought me in His truth before being Israelite became a fad. I'm 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 I'm, I'm thankful to the Most High that that for Him allowing me to receive this knowledge of my identity that I'm an Israelite. That this, this, I was fortunate enough to get this before being Israelite became a fad. Before the any any of the um, uh, Kyrie Irvings at the Barclays Center. Before any of the um, uh, uh, the skits from, from Ricky Harris or from uh, Mike Epps uh, mocking the Hebrew Israelites um, from before the, the, the uh, what's the rapper out in, in L.A.? Um, Kenneth Lamar, before um, uh, Kodak Black, before uh, um, just the rumors that we are the Israelites and became, it's become like a fad type of thing. I'm, I'm, I, I, I thank the most high that I was able to come in and, and participate when the school was at 1 West 125th Street in, a, in an office space that was about the size of a two-car garage. That, that I was able to get this knowledge for the sake of the knowledge and the information, not because of the, of the, of the drama, of the, the theatrics, that the teachers... They were they, they they didn't dress in elaborate gowns. 
you could tell they, they were on that podium wearing what they wore that day to work, what they wore that day, and they was up there teaching. Teaching, going, opening that book up. Whereas so many people now are coming in, and it's, it's, I mean, it's why because it's become the fad thing to be. It, 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 uh, this is the most high program. It's, it's how God wants things to do, but I thank you for that. And I'm not trying to brag or put myself on the back, but to, 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 to have gotten some of those seeds planted in, 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 in myself. To, brothers and sisters, do you know what it's like to when you walk into a city <coughs> and you're the very first Hebrew Israelite in that city? That that's that's a bond um, and memories that 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 I have in common with a brother named Kabbalah a brother named Nagaya. A brother named Aisha Whitezah, with our teacher, and with my first teacher, the brother Barnazar, and then with the brother Ariella, Kazaki's dad. Do you know what it's like to be the first ones to ever pass out literature in San Diego, Tijuana, Mexico, back in 1990, back in 1989, throughout South Central Los Angeles, the first ones. The first one to, to, to be the first Hebrew Israelite in my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico. The very first one, first fruits. And having a sense of it's us against the world. I feel very humbled to, to have that under my belt. Whereas others, you're, you're coming into this only because somebody had to put the, 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 the work in. Put the sacrifice in for even to become any type of numbers or for it to become a fad. And I guess I'm, 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 going, I'm saying some of these things also for my own little mental therapy right now. To be the very first ones on Venice Beach to read Revelation chapter one verses twelve through fifteen in Oklahoma City and Albuquerque, New Mexico, down here in San Antonio with your brother uh, Ariah and the brother Kazian, the brother uh, Dawiyad, to be the first fruits. Outside of New York City? That's a good... I mean, damn. <laughs> when I reminisce over you, my God. When I reminisce. Wow. Let me get back, y'all. Let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. Where am I at here? Um, I'm going to have to take. I'm probably going to have to take this phone phone call here coming up, y'all. So if he calls back, 
It's going to be very important. I'm about to take this phone call, so it's going to have to be an intermission if he calls back. Okay. So, in establishing that there's four parts that, that we're dealing with, um, your foundation. What is your foundation? Stand, what are you standing on? What is your belief based on? All right. Um, do you know why you do any of the things that you do? Do you know why we as Hebrew Israelites, why do we do the things we do? All right. Even for young Hebrew Israelites, we have to do the Passover, but why? Do, as a, do you know why we do the, the Passover? Do you know why why we why we do um, Hanukkah? Why we do the Sabbath the way we do the Sabbath? Why we're we supposed to dress the way we, way we dress? Do you know why? Is it only because you don't want to get in trouble with your parents, or do you really know why? And and and, and knowing why, can you defend why you do what you do? Because going back to as a, as I'm, I'm bringing out some of this this, the, 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 this perspective, I hope on be, what it means to be part of the first fruits. What it means to be part of the people that are, you're the first ones to bring this type of knowledge to be, I mean, to change the culture, to be, be being used by the Most High to affect the type of change, a righteous change in the world. And you're one of the first fruits to do this. One of the ones that, um, and like the scripture says, to, to, be, to be a person who is not mighty, who is not uber rich, who is not wealthy, who is not um, uh, uh known but to be one of the weak things in the world uh to confound the wise to be used as a part of god's plan god's plan god's plan to to be used as a part of this brothers and sisters you should know why you're doing what you're doing why we do what we do and like 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 you know like one of the scriptures i i need to pull that one up i need to pull that one up it's a first peter three fifteen. Let's get that. Chapter 3. Verse 15. All right, cool, cool, cool. And it says, now listen to what Peter's saying. And y'all know how I feel about Peter and what I try to bring out about Peter. Remember, Peter, I know if you only come from a religious background, you know the king of Peter as Saint Peter. I'm, 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 I don't want to take any accolades away from the man of, of, of the sacrifice and the work that he did, but maybe just to add a little, little more insight, add a little more, more light to, to help bring the significance of Peter. Do you know that scholars say that Peter, being a blue-collar worker, remember he was a fisherman. He was a blue-collar worker. And that when they, when they looked at his writing structure, how he wrote, and the words he used to talk, that Peter would have the equivalent of a third grade education. St. Peter, the one that Christ said, I'm going to build my church upon, Cephas. That Peter, who was there when Christ was led away by the, uh, by the soldiers, who pulled his own sword out and was ready, ready to throw down, ride or die. That Peter only had the equivalent of a third grade education. A third grade education. 
significance of that is that that who God who Christ was using to build this thing wasn't because they was the top intellectual minds of the of the world at that time. Peter is would, would would most definitely be your everyday working stiff. So in dealing with Peter, what Peter has to say, who had, who who was in Christ's inner circle, among the the inner circle others, you had the disciples that were a inner circle. Within that inner circle, you had. Just the, the three, Peter, James, and John, not even Peter's brother, Andrew, was within the top three of that inner, inner circle. But this is what Peter says, First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, signify the Lord in your heart. You have to clean. You have to clean your mind. Let's look at, look at the word sanctify. God, I know we know from 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 songs like "Sanctified Lady." Um, who's that lady? Who's that lady? And all the the things in church that you you've, well, you've heard the word sanctify, but you really don't know what the hell it means. I know I don't. So let's look it up. And I'm a nobody. So maybe you do. Maybe maybe you were good in school. All right. Sanctify. Uh, sanctify means it's from a Latin word. Um, sanct- uh, sanctifico uh, from sanctus, which means holy or facto to make. The door is open. Everybody, hold on one second, please. Hold on one second. There's 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 somebody here. Hold on one second. I need to uh, as you can hear, um, there's background stuff. So hold on one second. I'm gonna put this on pause. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, that was my family coming in. Uh, let's continue on. Let's continue on. So we're looking up the word sanctify. Um, so the word sanctify comes from a Latin word, sanctifico, from uh, sanctus, meaning holy, and uh, facio, meaning to make. Uh, so to make holy, right? So to sanctify means to make holy. Um, Webster's 1828. Dictionary goes on to say, in a general sense, to cleanse, to purify, or make holy. All right? So if we take just that definition right there, that in a general sense, to sanctify means to cleanse, to purify, or make holy. All right? When we come back and we're reading the scripture to try and get some understanding, it says, so Peter is telling us, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, or do what? Or, as we look at the definition again, Cleanse, purify, or make holy 
Come on now. Your hearts. And we know the heart and, and scripture talk about the mind. So we had to get to a point where we had to clean our mind. We had to purify our mind. We had to make our mind holy. Now, what does that mean, brothers and sisters? What does that mean to make your mind holy? Well, one, he's telling us we had to clean our minds up. So regardless of how you grew up, regardless of how you grew up, in the eyes of God and Christ, our, our minds are dirty. However you grew, you grew up, whether you grew up in, 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 in uh, with Jay-Z and Beyonce type wealth, for their daughter, uh, Blue Ivy, I, I think Blue Ivy, I think. I, mean, I, I don't know if that's Kanye's daughter or whatever, but whether you came up um, with that type of wealth or in, you you were a, 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 grew up in a foster home, but a rough life. It says you have to sanctify the Lord in your heart. You have to clean your heart. We have to purify our hearts. Now, what does that mean, brothers and sisters? That what, for, what, however you grew up, and what have you learned? It it, it it tainted what God wanted. As far as what it means to be a Hebrew Israelite, what it means to be a servant of God. We now got to get our minds pure. We have to get our minds cleaned up that we might understand what it means to serve God. And how does God want to be served? And what is my true purpose or duty in life? We have to be directed, in, and that's now our, our, our path, our pattern, and like we was going in the, in the last class, our morals. All this now has to be cleaned up. Our priorities have definitely got to be readjusted. So First Peter chapter 3, three verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man. To ask you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We have to be able to, what, what, what Peter is telling us, as somebody who's trying to give us some insight, you know, pull your coattails. We, I'll say it like this, I'm going to try to make it easy. As a believer, you got to be ready to give an answer of why you believe what you believe and how you believe what you believe. Why you do. You know, I, I got all these songs in my head. Remember, the, there was the old Jermaine uh, Jackson, Michael Jackson's older brother. Why don't you do what you do, what you did, what you did to me? I don't know why that came up in my mind, but you got to be ready to do what you do. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you do this? Why do we do? Why do you do what you do? We have to be ready to give an answer. For the time we're living in now, we have to give an answer of why do we do what we do. If you can't give an answer, don't you think there's something wrong with that? If you're just doing it because you're just going to, doing it just to get along? Or if you're just doing it because this is what you see everybody else doing and you don't know why you're doing it, brothers and sisters, then there's a problem. Then there's a problem. Then you have a lot more cleaning up of your mind that you and of your heart 
and I, I like I, I like how the we, we're gonna use heart in this sense right here. The heart being the seat of your passion, what you're passionate about, what 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 you find um, um, uh, precious. You better get that you gotta get that cleaned up. What what you attach yourself to, you we need to clean that up. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. What does you give your heart to that you find whatever? You better go and clean. For what Peter's saying, we better go clean that up. What are you choosing to attach yourself to? And why? If you don't know why, there's a problem with God. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Did y'all catch what Peter said? They, they got to see the reason of the hope that's in you? Now think about this, brothers and sisters. I'm, do, do you walk around with a scowl on your face because you're mad that you got to do this, mad you got to do that? If, if, you, if no one ever asks you why are the reason of the hope that's in you, don't you think that might be another problem? If all you do, when it, you know that every time, all anybody knows you for is there's always a problem. You There's nothing ever, anything good or, or pure coming out your mouth. It's always a problem. Where's the hope at? Where, where's the, 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 the hope? Where's the, where's the talk or the conversation that you are actually a believer in the scriptures, that you believe in God? That you can now that, that they would even ask you a question. Why do you always have like 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 something pure? Why is it always like you always have something good to say? And in the midst of everything going on, you find something good. How and why is that? If if you never get that, brothers and sisters, maybe you need to really examine your relationship with God. Because your foundation is really rocky then. Your foundation is really on shaky ground. You have no hope. Every conversation with you is just despair. Every conversation with you is just uh I guess it's my fault. I sh- I should have started my class this morning. Um if every conversation with you is just 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 everything's just wrong. Anybody supposed to ask you a reason of the hope that's in you? And then it says, when they ask you a reason for the hope that's in you, did y'all catch where it says it's supposed to be done with meekness and with fear, not with agitation? Did you catch where the church father Peter is telling us this? First Peter chapter three verse sixteen. It says, having a good conscience. That whereas they speak evil of you, doers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Ooh. We need a little sword play with that right there. Goodness. Like the need the voice of the sound of a guillotine with that right there. Take take their head off. That they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your what? 
good conversation in Christ. This is what we're getting from Peter. Who, who, who spent much time with Christ. Who spent a lot of time with Christ. Getting parables broke down and, and get understanding. Getting to know Christ. I mean, literally getting to know him. You know, getting to know what his favorite meal was. Getting to know uh, uh, what his favorite drink was. Getting to know what Christ smelled like. Having this, this conversation with Christ. This is that Peter. And this is what he's lending to us. This is what he's, he's, he's leaving for us if we choose to pick it up. If we choose to, to to pick it up and take heed of it, I mean, think about it. It's here that having that we can have a good conscience. That whereas they speak evil of you as an evildoer, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. All right. So keep all this in mind, brothers and sisters, uh, and kind of piggybacking off of. The last class that 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 I did, and that's the one that tells about day. What was a great class, um, but in, in kind of springboarding off of dealing with the prophecies, but still keeping within the context of the series that we're in about building your foundation, building your foundation, um, and being conscious of the prophecies, being conscious of um, what we're trying to establish for a person's foundation, what it should be built upon. Let's go to. Um, let's go to Romans chapter 13 verse 11 Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 13 verse 11 and it says and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed are we catching this I'm hoping that this is being caught and understood and and, and it, it might resonate I'm hoping that this might resonate but in building your foundation, what you're standing on, what your belief system is based on, why you do what you do, it says that we got to know what time it is. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Why? Why is it high time to wake out of sleep? For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The salvation of Jesus Christ is even closer and nearer than we believed. Now, when, when this was written, doing it, doing it, let's let's ask that question. We know we're in February something, February fifth, sixth, um, two thousand twenty-four. But my question right now is, when the author wrote this, When was the book of Romans written? It says, uh, when was Romans written? The Apostle Paul wrote this epistle 
uh, to the Romans uh, before the end of his third ministry, around A.D. 57 through A.D. 59, approximately 25 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was uh, in Corinth at the end, uh, at the time, I'm sorry, he, he was in Corinth at the time and had not yet made his last trip to Jerusalem, all right? So 25 years after the resurrection, the resurrection of Christ is when Peter wrote, when, when, when Paul wrote uh, the book of Romans. Now think about that. 25 years after Christ, he's already writing what? He's already trying to warn the believers 25 years after Christ came that now our salvation is even nearer than when we believed. Can y'all think about that for a minute? Try and let that soak in for a minute. 25 years after Christ resurrected, 25 years. We're now in the year 2024, according to, to whatever calendar that we're using right now. We're in the year 2024. So you figure, come on, y'all. It's now been 2,000 years later. 2,000 years later. How do I quantify this? If Paul wrote this warning 25 years after Christ died, that our salvation is even nearer than we believed, and that was over 2,000 years ago, then how much more closer to salvation are we now 2,000 years later than for what Christ, than what Paul was 25 years after Christ's resurrection? We're talking about now being over here that we still had to go through the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. That hadn't taken place yet. Us being led away captive into uh, uh, into all the slave market, the Roman slave markets behind the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD had not taken place yet. Um, uh, us being scattered out of out of Jerusalem and scattered to the to the, to the four corners uh, uh, of Europe, of Asia, Asia Minor, hadn't taken place yet. Taken place yet. The Dark Ages hadn't taken place yet. The discovery of the Americas had not taken place yet. <coughs> the transatlantic slave trade hadn't taken place yet. All those prophecies still had to take place. So now that those prophecies have taken place, and now we're in the part of Ezekiel chapter 37 of, in the Valley of the Dry Bones, that whereas we had not a clue, not a drop of blood, drop of life to let us know that that who we are, that we are the Israelites, that how much our people have changed trying to be Swahili, trying to be Egyptian, trying to be Arabic, trying to be um, uh, uh, some type of sorority, trying to be some type of, of Mason house, trying to be some type of whomever. We've gone through all that now, and now we're coming back to the point of the breath is starting to enter back into us as Israelites. That now we're waking back up to the, our breath that we are the Israelites. To our life as Israelites. We're just coming back into this now. So now if it was if it was told to us some 2,000 years ago, then to the day, that our salvation is even nearer than we believed. Look how many prophecies have taken place since then. Look at how many prophecies have taken place since then. That maybe that might give us a sense of, 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 of time. 
that maybe now we might have a sense of time. That now our salvation, the salvation of the children of Israel, is even nearer than we, when we believed. We were that much closer. So how much more imperative is it that we know why is it I do what I do and why I do this and why we don't do that and why we don't do this? So we know what we're standing on. We know our foundation is strong, established on, on the scriptures and established on the prophecies. Right? Second Ezra chapter 9, verse 1, in the Apocrypha now. Second Ezra chapter 9, verse 1. The book of Second Ezra chapter 9, verse 1. And it says, he answered me then and said, this is the angel speaking to Ezra. All right? This is the angel speaking to Ezra. And and just like it was given to John the Revelator, a lot of, a lot of the things that was going to happen in history, um, that at the time these these visions and things were shown, time in history they were, they had not happened yet when these things were actually given to the prophets. But now we can look back and see where these things that were given to them, these prophecies have come to pass. All right, these history and these prophecies they've come to pass, and now they are recorded history. All right. So now, in 2nd Ezra chapter 9, verse 1, this is the angel prophesying to Ezra about what was going to happen, things to come from the time of Ezra, that we're living, we're living this time now. The revealing of these prophecies now, we're living in. So in 2nd Ezra chapter 9, verse 1, it says, he answered me then and said, measure thou the time diligently in itself, and when thou seest part of the signs past, which I have told thee before. I, 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 I pray that, that I'm going to start paying attention a little bit more to this, this verse right here. To measure the time diligently in itself. Measure the time. Me- so that we might know what time it is. Are we really on God's time? Are we in God's plan? God's plan. God's, I think that's Drake. I think. I don't know. But we are we doing things in God's time? Are we on his time frame? So we can know what is morally right or wrong. So we can understand what real true priorities are and should be. Because we're measuring the time diligently. Or are we not? That we that we might really how much we might really understand that now our salvation is even nearer than when we believed. And he says, and when thou seest part of the signs past, which I have told thee before. Come on, brothers and sisters. If, if from the times of Ezra, and we know Ezra was written about 500 centuries before Christ. For the prophecies that were given to Ezra, who is Ezra, about 500 years, around about 500 years before Christ came. And now we're sitting 2,024 years on the other side of when Christ came. So we put all that together. We're looking at 2,500 years, 2,500 years that we were given prophecies to let us know what time it is, to let us know where our faith and what we're standing on and our works, how we can determine what's right or what's wrong, what's proper or improper. But are we measuring the time diligently in itself? Are we matching the prophecies with history? So we can certainly know this is a good move, 
that, or this is a good move. You know, and like another scripture says, comparing comparing spiritual things with spiritual. First Corinthians chapter seven verse twenty-nine. First Corinthians now, chapter seven verse twenty-nine. First Corinthians chapter seven verse twenty-nine says, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. Did y'all catch that? But this I say, brethren is short. So are we really establishing our foundation? Are we really establishing our works? Remember it says faith without works is dead. Is the work you're putting in based on your faith in the scriptures? Is the work you're putting in based on the faith of the prophecies as they're taking place? As they took place, if we're not, then, then it's time to readjust. It's time to readjust. Like, like a person might go to a chiropractor. We need to get an adjustment. It, it might be time to adjust our minds, our beliefs, our morals. It might be that time to adjust. What is really of importance? If not, our foundation is going to be rocky when it comes to God and his true plan. When it comes to our actual duties and morals, we want to make sure we're standing ten toes down. All right? So from there, let me close this, this out, these notes out. When we go to Mm. I do need to get some of these here. Um, we started going over this in part one. Um, let's go to Let's go back to Peter. Let's go back and get, get, get some more um, uh, insight from 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 Peter, from the faithful teacher, brother Peter. Let's go. Let's go to First Peter chapter two verse six now. First Peter chapter two verse six. First Peter chapter two verse six. It says, "Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect." precious, and he that believeth be confounded. Again, as we're talking about our foundations, what we believe in, what we're standing up upon, what what our faith is established on. Check out what, Christ, what, what, what Peter is revealing that was written. That I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. We know that chief cornerstone is talking about Christ. Now, you have churches named chief cornerstone, cornerstone church, right, which is supposed to be an allusion to Jesus Christ himself, right? So it says, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Elect, meaning I chose this. God chose. It's elected. Elect, special. It says, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. 
if you, if our belief is on Christ and his words and his works and the prophecies, remember, the testimony of Christ is what? The spirit of prophecy. Not about you restoring your your credit at, at, well, at Wells Fargo. Reestablish our credit with God. It says, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. All right? Verse 7. First Peter chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Do we really, uh, just in a, a way to self-check, where are our, where is a person's priorities and morals at? Are, is a person's morals and priorities really aligned with God? That your foundation is, you're standing on the right foundation. Your belief system is in the right belief system when it comes to God. That now the life of Christ, how Christ did things, is precious to you. You take care not to damage. If something's precious, I guess, we, let's look that word up. Let's look the word up. First Peter chapter 2, verse 7. What does the word precious mean? I know uh, Smeagol used it in the Lord of the Rings, if anybody can remember that long ago movie. First Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Precious. First Peter chapter 2, and verse 6. And it says precious from the from um, the Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary. Precious. Um, mm, okay, there was that from the Latin word um, uh, pretitious, from uh, pretinium, meaning price or praise. Okay, so something that's precious is something that that it's got a worth, it's got a price, and it's something that's to be praised. All right, so definition, definition number one from Webster's 1828, precious, of great price, costly. All right, it's of great price. It's costly. I mean, it's valuable. Something that's, that's precious is of a, you, it, it's not common. Yeah, it, it takes a lot to get this. It's not rare. I mean, it's rare. All right, it's costly. Two, of great value or worth. All right, I guess, you know. If something's precious, it has great value and has great worth. All right, something very valuable. Um, definition number three: highly valued, much esteemed. We have something that's precious, and people can make so many different things precious to themselves that they have, that of what they find highly valuable, which which they find to be much esteemed, what they find to be very costly. Okay. Um, Um, Division four doesn't make sense to me. Um, it says worthless in irony and contempt. I have no idea why they. I don't understand it. How they use that 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 definition for the word precious. But coming back to the scripture, we know Christ is not worthless, right? So First Peter chapter three verse six he says, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Elect, precious, precious to who, y'all? Are y'all are, are we, I know Peter's talking, but he, he's quoting a scripture that God, the Almighty, is laying a chief cornerstone. 
elect and it, that what God is laying down is precious. It's very valuable to God. It's highly esteemed of God. And he that believes on him, that chief cornerstone, that thing that God finds, that God says is, is elect, that thing that God finds precious, whoever believes on that, and that's what they're building their faith and their foundation on, shall not be confounded. I think I'm going to get confounded. Okay, confounded. Um, from Webster's, uh, mixed or blended in disorder. Perplexed, abashed, dismayed, put to shame, and silenced, astonished. So it's telling us that to be confounded, mixed or blended in disorder, dismayed, put to shame or silence. Astonished. So, if we assert that into the scripture, I'm going to start using that. Um, wherefore also, it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded or not be what? Perplexed. Shall not be what? Out of order. Should not be what? Put to shame and silence. Should not be what? Astonished. What is our foundation on, brothers and sisters? What is your foundation on? Like the math equation. If I believe on Christ, you know, I I don't know what they call the if-then statements. I think they used to be called, you know, theories or theorems or proofs, all right, uh, uh, when, like the math equations or formulas. If this, equal, if, if this is this, then this must be this. You know, if then, right? So if a person believes on Christ, if a person believes in what God laid down and is understood that God finds this thing elect, special, God finds this thing valuable. For the person who believes that same way, they're not going to be confounded, perplexed, confused. So then the other side of that theorem, if I'm saying it the right word, then the other side of that would be then, if I'm full of confusion, I don't know which way to go. I don't know, I don't know what I should do. I have feelings of anxiety. I have feelings of paranoia. Well, then according to the scripture here, then then you don't really believe on Christ. Then you have not made Christ and his life precious to yourself. You've not elected to have Christ, his example, his morals, his priorities to become your priorities. So in not doing so, there's confusion. There's there's disorder. All right? 1 Peter 2 and 7. 
unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. If we believe, then the example of what Christ did give is going to be valuable. It's going to be highly esteemed. That's going to become a priority. That's going to be that sense of stability from Isaiah 33 and verse 6. And wisdom and knowledge shall be a stability of that time and strength of salvation. Verse 7, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. That lifestyle that Christ laid down, the example that Christ laid down, that many people reject, that's who God is building his kingdom on. Do we understand what that means? The, 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 the ramifications? The implications of, of what that means? The thing that you can't stand is what God's going to use to build the kingdom. The thing that you refuse to make precious in your own life, so guess what God's going to use to build the kingdom of heaven? That thing you can't stand, the thing that you want to avoid. Ain't that something? That's what God's going to use to build the kingdom. That thing you can't stand. That's scary, y'all. That's scary. That's the first thing God is using to build the kingdom. See, I guess it's to make sure you don't get in. You want to make sure you don't get adopted? Oh, okay. So we're adopted just now. One thing, one thing that uh, yesterday my wife likes to do a lot, she likes to take the kids and herself. Sean did, did a, lot, a lot too up in Albuquerque and, and hell, wherever we were at. Have a love for animals. And they would like to go to uh, the pet stores and see all the, all the different animals, like the different dogs and puppies and cats. Um, and there'd be time when they would let them out of the cages. Um, and have a little play area for the dogs or a little play area for the, for the cats or whatever. Um, and let, let them out, you know, just to, just to get a little play time. Just let them, let, let them, let them uh, you know, and they can be petted a little bit or, and, you know, fed, I guess. But uh, I, was, I, was, I wanted to bring that out. Think about Shalimar. I was thinking about Shalomar. Think about Shalomar and those pets. Oh, it's running from me right now. Verse 7 again. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which uh, them which, dis, uh, which be disobedient, the stone which is which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Verse 8, and a stone of stumbling. Do you understand that, that the thing that you refuse to give yourself over to and make precious, it changes within yourself. God's using that very same thing to build the kingdom. 
I guess it's to keep you out because if you don't want to, if we don't want to change and make God's way precious, then God is using that same thing that you just feel you just can't get over. That's what God's going to use to build the kingdom. I, I guess to just out. And that, that goes for each and every one of us as individuals, as individuals. That thing that you just refuse to change. That's what God's going to use to build the kingdom for us to submit to. I'll start with the adoption and being adopted. If you don't adapt, if we don't adapt our minds and adapt our conversations, we're not getting adopted. Does that make any type of sense? Why would a child not be adopted from a foster home or from an orphanage? Why would that that animal not be adopted from the humane society? And after a while, when when that animal can't get adopted, when it's an animal and doesn't get doesn't get adopted, that animal has to be euthanized. That animal's put to sleep. It's, it, it, it's killed. At an orphanage, that that child that doesn't get adopted, doesn't get picked, has to wait till they turn eighteen, then they turn on their, on their own. And most times, it's not good for that child, that 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 person. Well, you know, we we've all seen you know the lifetime specials. The heartbreak specials. All, all they have left is to turn to the streets, because no one picked them. That for whatever they had going on, nobody picked them, so they didn't get adopted. Verse eight, First Peter chapter two, verse uh, eight. It says, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, warrant you also they were appointed. This is scary. That Christ has become a stone of stumbling. Christ, God's going to use him and his example to make a person who doesn't want to change to be a stumbling block for that person and for that person just to be offended. Those that are stumbling at the word. Because now this person is going to, is being disobedient to God's word. Warrant you also, they were appointed. Right? So this is why we have to really be careful. What is your foundation? What are we standing on? What is your belief system based on? That your actions, that the actions you have, that anybody has. You know, I guess they call it the cause and effect. For every effect, there's a cause of why it happened. That makes sense, right? So why do you do what you do? If you can't give an answer... 
from your conversation with Christ about why you do this or why you do that, based on your example of you following Christ, uh, you're not making a good case for yourself in showing that you believe in Christ. And showing why there, there's a sense of repentance. From there, let's go to Second Chronicles. All right, let's go to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter fifteen, and verse three. The book of Second Chronicles, chapter fifteen, and verse three. Second Chronicles, chapter fifteen, and verse three, and it says, "Now, for a long season." Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Now, we started the series long time ago, brothers and sisters, probably about a year ago now, uh, going over the, the different saviors of the nation of Israel and had us going through the book of Judges and, and, and look at the different judges that were known as saviors for the nation of Israel, that Israel has been dealing with saviors since we came out of Egypt, right? That's Nehemiah chapter nine verse twenty-seven. If you want to go back and reference that scripture, and what what classes got built up off of that, all right? And how Israel uh, was back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with being oppressed, with captivities, with with, with taxes, with slavery, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, many, many, many times, all right? So now here in Second Chronicles chapter fifteen and verse three, it says, "Now." For a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. So for a long time, even in the scriptures, in our biblical history, even long before we got to the point of being over here in the Americas, to where even over here in the Americas, you had our brothers and sisters had been kicked out of the land of Israel already. Long after 70 AD, when, when the southern kingdom was finally kicked out of Jerusalem also. That for a long time, we've, we've had history that we've been without the true God. Why? Because we didn't have a teaching priest. And we didn't have the laws of God. So imagine this is what was written, and we were still in the land of Israel, while our forefathers were still there. We had gone a long time without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. How much more so now that we're in the year 2024, how long have we gone as a nation without the true God? the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. It's been a long time, brothers and sisters. When we go back and, and we do Ezekiel the 37th chapter about the value of the dry bones. Already? Wow. My two hours is about to elapse so for those who might be listening in on the computer for the live show that we're doing, the computer's about to shut off. Uh, you have time to call in real quick to area code 646-668-2568. Um, I'm going to continue this just a little bit longer, maybe another 10 minutes. All right? The show's going to go on for another 10 minutes. But if you're listening in through the computer, 
the, the show's going to cut off for you. Uh, but if you call in quickly now, before the, before the two hours ends, you can still listen to the show in its entirety while still live. If the show does get cut off and you didn't get a chance to call in before the two hours is done, which is going to be here in about 45 seconds, then you can still catch our show on Google Podcast for now, also on um, uh, iHeartRadio uh, uh, Podcast, and also on um, Apple iTunes Podcast and Podcast Addict, or at www.blogsupradio.com. All right? So, Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3. Now, for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. Now, this is a true statement. While we were still living in the land of Israel, our homeland. Now, quantify that. Think about that now. How much more can this this scripture be applied to us now that our journey is brought us here to the Americas? And only for the... If I came in the truth back in 89... 1989. That was 30 years, 35 years. What is, it? What is that? Um, 24, 25, 26, 27, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. That's five years. So for 35 years. So if I've been in the truth just 35 years, a short 35 years, that's a short amount of time, brothers and sisters. How much more for somebody who only might have been in for 20? How much shorter is that for somebody who's been in less than that? How long? So how long has it been that Israel has been without God and without a teaching priest and without the laws of God? From Ezekiel, I was saying from Ezekiel chapter thirty-seven, from Daniel chapter chapter twelve, from Revelation chapter eleven. 12, we know we went through a space of 350 years where we were not being taught that we were the Israelites. That our captivity here in the Americas, we've gone at least 350 years having our identity completely stripped from us, completely. From the advent of the slave ships, 1619, through 1970, 1619 through 1969, let me say it like that, which equates to 350 years, which actually equals 350 years, which from the irony is 1619, the official start. Now, we know slavery, the, the slave ships had started before that, but the official start of slavery, the slave trades, 1619, here in the Americas, North America, Babylon the Great, spiritual Egypt. From, from 1619, to 1969, the irony is that that is when the so-called space uh, uh, white man first went to the moon. Now, we know Russia had been to space first, but the actual landing on the moon is accredited to 1969, 350 years after we got here, which also coincides in, with prophecies in history. As far as when the truth started getting taught on a kind of a major level, uh, 
that the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and Mexicans, that we are the, 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 the Israelites? Not some pan-African movement. Not just a pro-black movement. Not some political party movement. But that we are the actual Israelites. Not just spiritual Israel. Thirty fifty years. That three hundred and fifty year span, brother and sister, is a long time ago without knowing who you are, what your purpose your true purpose is. That's a lot of generations of people who don't have a clue. Hence, let's get two one more scripture and we'll come back to, to, to uh Chronicles. Let's go to Colossians. Chapter one. Maybe this makes sense now. Maybe this helps helps connect the dots. Colossians chapter one and verse twenty six. Colossians begin not Philippians. Colossians chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse 25, all right? The book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, and it says, mm, you got to get one more scripture after this one, then, then we'll go back to Chronicles, okay? In Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, it says, wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. So this was Paul uh, recognizing his commission, all right, that, that and understanding that when Christ appeared to him on the road to Damascus and blinded him, uh, basically humbling him um, and uh, causing to where Paul had to come back and be retaught everything he thought he knew about God, everything he thought he knew about Christ, that he had to come back and become a babe, and realized he was a fool when it came to what God's true purpose and God's plan and God's morals, he really had to come back and be retaught all over again. Which is ironic when you consider, he said he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, meaning his parents were in the truth. Paul's Paul's parents kept the truth. They kept Torah. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. A Pharisee. I mean, when it came to the laws of God, he was perfect. But he still had to be stripped down and be retired. So here, this is what Paul is saying now. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, he says, Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Then he's telling you why he was made a minister. To, to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26. Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. Even the mystery. To fulfill and reveal the mystery that has been hid. Ages and from generations. But now 
is made manifest to his saints. Did y'all catch that? That there's been a mystery that's been hid from ages and from generations. For Paul to say this when he wrote the letter to the church that was at Colossae, Colossae, that yeah, there, even at that time there was a mystery, but not 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 the the the, the abomination of uh, the the um, not the abomination of desolation, but uh, there's been a mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. Who it is what? Who is the true God? That has been hid, especially if we look here in the Western Hemisphere, the official star slave trade, 1619, where, and why is that significant? Why is the, 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 the 1619 so significant? Think about this, brothers and sisters. Up until this time, which is can be proven, a lot of Israelites still knew, even if we were scattered across the world, you can go read the archaeological findings that there were still a lot of laws that were kept. From the wearing of fringes to unclean animals to how to be purified in water, or what you might call the baptism, the observance of high holy days, feast days, it was still being observed around the world by Israelites to become a slave here in the Americas in 1619 meant now that all your education all your culture was going to become at the end of a bullwhip. Your understanding about God, our understanding about God, will come from our oppressors. Not from the oral histories or the written records that we left of ourselves, but from what, whatever house, plantation, island we were sold to, it had to be subject to those laws, those rules, subject to those people. Those slave masters. To adopt their religions. Their philosophies. So he's stressing that, again, a mystery has been hid from ages and from generations. If we look here in the Americas now, think about our journey here in the Americas. And this statement being shown that we've been without a teaching priest, without the true God, and without law. So that all the family traditions that we that that we grew up with, that we were given, are without the true God. We have that we made precious, have been without the true God, the knowledge of the true God. Yeah, I know. Very uncomfortable. Let's go to Romans. Again, Romans chapter... Don't you run. In Romans chapter 16, verse 25... 
It's recorded here also. It says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. That there's been a mystery or secrets that have been kept secret since the world began. We'll be back to Genesis with the beginning of the world there. Or we can even focus this on Think about here being in the Americas, this being the new world, as opposed to what? The old world. That since the world began, there's been a mystery. Since the new world began with the so-called discovery of the Americas by the the Spaniards, by the Portuguese, by white people, there's been a mystery. Verse 26, Romans chapter 16, verse 26. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all the nations of the, uh, for the obedience of truth. That this, this mystery has been hid, but it now is being made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets. That we have been without the true God. We have been without the true God. All right. Let's go ahead and finish this up. Going back now, back to Second Chronicles, chapter 15. Where are my notes? Right here. Second Chronicles, chapter 15, verse 3. From the King James, it says, Now, for a long season, Israel has been without the true God. And without a teaching priest and without law. All right? That's the King James. Let's read the same same verse <laughs> from the Geneva Bible. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3 from the Geneva Bible. Now, for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without priest to teach and without law. Basically the same thing, but just a little, little different, just a few words out different. But the point being, we've been without the true God and a priest to teach us God's word, God's plan. From the English Standard Bible, oh, I'm sorry, from the Beeren Study Bible, from the Beeren Study Bible for Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3, it says, For many years, Israel has been without the true God, without a priest to instruct them and without law. So we've been without the teaching. With Israel's gone a long time without a teaching priest. We, we've gone a long season without the true God and without a priest to teach. And we, we have been without God's law. And for many years, Israel has been without the true God and without a, and without a priest to instruct them and without the law. To teach us right from wrong. From what God says is right and from what God says is wrong. We've got a long season. Back in Second Chronicles, that was a long season. But now imagine now how much we've been without the true God, a teaching priest, and without law. Why is catfish the favorite among so many people? Why do so many people just celebrate New Year's? 
what, about a month ago? Why are a lot of people about to, about to, to, to honor or observe or recognize Valentine's Day in about, what, a week or two? Because for a long time, Israel has been without the true God and without a priest to instruct and to teach us and without God's laws. All right. So with that, brothers and sisters, we're going to call this one today. All right. We're going to call this one today. I would really like to thank everybody who did get a chance to tune in. Um, catch us tomorrow. Tomorrow is Tuesday. Right, tomorrow is Tuesday, and I'm going to check with our brother Tazapaz to see if he has class either in the morning or if he's still going on the plantation as well, and we'll have class in the evening. All right, but I'll definitely let the send the announcements out uh, to uh, let it be known, uh, and then hopefully God's will, I'll come back on Wednesday. Right, if it be God's will, God's plan, come back with Wednesday as we will continue on in this series. As right, we're going to continue on in this series. So with that. I would like to thank everybody for, for, for tuning in. And we're going to say, as I pull my music up here, we're going to say Shalom. Yahweh is one.